Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another uh, session, Discipleship Class. Um, good morning to those who are here. Good morning to those who are going to be watching online. And those of you, my beautiful listeners, who's gonna be li- who are going to be listening on the podcast. All right. Are we good to go? Okay, so last week we had uh, trivia, right? And and during the trivia, some of you, Aliza, you weren't here, but uh, Timmy was here, Michaela was here, uh, even uh, Precious, you had a couple of questions. So I figured we should dive straight into that before we kind of uh, continue with the subject of knowing Jesus through his words and his works, right? Right, Precious? I don't know if you had a chance to kind of discuss it with Sister uh, Tema at home. But we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll talk about it. I think one of the major questions that you have that as followers of Jesus, why aren't, why aren't we practicing uh, the, the religion that Jesus practiced when he was on earth, right? Not really, but why are we doing things like... A little different. Like, yes, okay, so we today, we're 2,000 years far removed from when Jesus was on earth, right? Okay, so the first, the number one reason, nobody can actually practice the Judaism that Jesus practiced when he was on earth. Because one, the temple was burned down in 70 AD, right? So there's no more temple for you to go to, to go and pray or offer sacrifices. That's the number one thing. The Levitical priesthood isn't there anymore. What we have today is mostly known as rabbinical Judaism. Rabbinical Judaism means that the rabbis are the ones that dictate how you observe the law, right? Our rabbi is Jesus. We listen to how he says we should obey the law, right? So it's his words and his works that we follow. The difference between us today as Christians, Christians in the word Christian, versus a Messianic Jew. A Messianic Jew is someone who practices Judaism but looks to Jesus as a rabbi. Right? The difference between us and them is that while Christianity practices Easter, a Messianic Jew will, will observe Passover. They don't observe it in the way that was observed in the days of Jesus, which means you kill the lamb and you know you have a Passover Seder like uh, Jesus had with his disciples, which is known as the Last Supper. Right? We don't observe that. Um, Again, this is historical. This is a lot of things that has happened, a lot of water under the bridge. If you go, and that's why I tell you, don't practice religion in a way where it's just what you heard that you know. You should dig deep into the Bible. You should wrestle and work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. So because a lot of things have happened, right? The, the main contention today is the fact that um, the church did do a lot of things in history. They did, you know, uh, they moved away. Constantine was anti-Semitic in his language to a, to a large extent. They moved away from all of the Judaic practices and they decided to set up uh, the observances that we kind of see today. So when they change, uh, a Messianic Jew would observe Shabbat on a Saturday, but a Christian would observe Shabbat on a Sunday, right? If you are just practicing religion, you will be doing what men have handed to you. But if you go deep into the word, 
you listen to what he says, you observe what he says, then you'll be practicing what he told you to do, right? Because his word says, it is those who obey my commands that are my disciples indeed. So even Paul says in another chapter, in Romans chapter, Romans chapter 14, where he says that the kingdom of heaven is not about eating and drinking, but about righteousness, right? So it's the observance of the commandments that he gave us that makes us distinct. Because even in the body of the word Christianity, you have select who are truly Christians. It's not everybody that bears the name Christianity that is a Christian, right? It's not everybody that goes to church on Sunday that is a Christian. It's not everybody that celebrates Easter that is truly celebrating Christ. To them, they're celebrating another holiday, right? But when a Messianic Jew is, is celebrating Passover, what are they thinking about? They're thinking about Christ as the Passover lamb. They're observing that season. When they have Yom Kippur, they're thinking about fasting to obey God's commandments. What did Christ come for? So we can look at Matthew. Um, let's look at... Matthew 1, 20 to 21, all right? You on your own, you won't be able to go back and undo what the church has done. You won't be able to say, hey, let us do Shabbat on Saturday, not Sunday. Let us start observing Shabbat. You won't be able to do that, right? But you will be able in your heart to observe whatever God tells you to observe. Does that make sense? So the one thing that you can do is what you can do. And that is be obedient to God and be obedient to his commands. Uh, Matthew 1. Oh, I've gone too far. Who has it that wants to read for me? Matthew 1, 20 to 21. Okay, I found it. I can read it. But while he, he, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And he shall bring forth a son, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name. In English it says Yeshua. Sorry, in English it says Jesus. But the original word is Yeshua, right? For he shall save his people from their sins. What does Yeshua mean? Who remembers? Yahweh saves. Not Yahweh. Yeah. Yahweh is salvation. Yahweh is salvation. Yeah. All right. So uh, the, the, the word for he will save his people from their sins. What is the sin that he's saving the people from? What is sin? What is sin? Sin has definition. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, but what is sin? Yeah, what do you think sin is? Sin is the is moving out, out of, coming short of, uh-huh. coming uh, coming short of instruction. Instruction. Okay. Not taking it fully. That is the PhD definition, probably. That is a higher level definition. Yeah, so, so Peter. If you, yeah. yeah. If you, the one that they are referring to down here, mm-hmm. you can take it back to Genesis. So, well, so let me let me say, uh, let's let's give it uh, this the simplified version, right? 
Peter says to whom who knows what to do and does not do it to him it is a sin, right? So these people they were given the laws of God, but they constantly broke it. They constantly did not keep the commandment. They were given the law, they were given the Torah, but they did not obey, right? Each, in each instance, from generation to generation, they just kept breaking the laws of God. These was the scenes that they were constantly carrying with them, right? And so when the angel is saying to him that he shall save his people from their sins, he's given us the power to overcome sin, right? That he has come to give us the power to overcome sin, every form of sin. You hear people teach a grace type of gospel that he came to die. Yes, it is grace, but he also gave us the power to overcome sin. Which means that sin will no longer have dominion over you, right? So this is, the, this is the whole point of his coming. That at any point in our life, that sin should no longer have dominion over us. Alright, so let's go straight into uh, learning Jesus' words and his actions. We'll start with Luke chapter 15. I'll try to keep this short. These are long passages though. Uh, Luke chapter 5, 1 to 15. Timmy, do you want to read for us? Yeah, Luke chapter 5, 1 through to 15. No, 1 to 15. Look 5, 1 to 15, yeah. 1 to 15. And it came to pass that as the people uh, pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret Gennesaret, Mm -hmm. and saw two ships standing by the lake by the fishermen were gone out of them and, and were washing their nets. And he entered unto one of the ships, which was Simon's, and, and prayed him that he would thirst out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he, now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out unto the deep, and let ye down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy world, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when the and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets broke. And they backing unto their partners, which were in their other ship, that they came, they came and helped them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at and all that they were with him, at the drought of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John and the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. And, 
And when they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed all and followed him. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, when who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou would thou if thou wilt thou cannot make me clean? And he put his forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priests, and offer for thy cleansing, according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto him. But so much, but so much the more went there a frame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear, and be and held it by and him. healed oh sorry healed by him of their, of their infirmities thank you thank you so that was a long passage but the point is when you read that passage uh timmy does anything stand out to you the healing of leprosy the healing of the leprosy is the one that stood out the most to you why why does it what does that stand out to you Oh, he said, if you're willing. If if you're, if, yeah, so he had faith enough to say, if you yourself, you're willing, you can do this for me. So, but you you just have to be willing to, to help me. Right? That's what the guy is saying to him. So, why does that sound out the most here? Does he speak to you about his character? That he's willing? That no matter the level of uncleanliness, that he's willing to touch you? And, and, and be the one that cleanses you, right? So, uh, Oniza, did you hear what he read? Did, did anything stand out to you? Hmm? No? Okay. For me, it's the, it's the, it's the word, right? The, the, the giving of the commandment and the doing, that's what stands out the most for me. If you look at every instance, Jesus gives them a command, right? And as they obey, right? That's when he performs the next step, right? So the first thing he says, and he came to teach, to, people came, pressed on him to hear the word of God, right? So the first thing you have to understand, he's a teacher, he's a rabbi, right? He has come to teach us the word of God. And that's why the woman at the well said, we know that when the Messiah comes, that he will teach us all things, right? So the first thing you have to understand is, he is your teacher, you're not going anywhere else to hear your teaching from anybody else, right? He is our first and foremost teacher. He's our rabbi. And so they press upon him to hear the word of God. And then he tells them to push out so he can teach in the, in the, in the boat, right? I've, I've always wondered why Jesus loves teaching in boats. <laughs> I, I think maybe the water echoes, the, echoes his sound because back then they didn't have any microphones or... What is that uh, thing that you... That the megaphone. megaphone, yeah. They probably didn't have any megaphone, so probably I don't know. Maybe the water kind of echoed the, his voice. Um, but see, they 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 obeyed his word before they produced fruits. Because look at um, Simon Peter and his men. They had been fishing all night, 
And they will probably exhaust us because at this point they were washing their nets, right? And when Jesus tells them to pull out into the deep and let out for a catch, they could have easily said, I've been doing this all night. I don't have time to call and continue. I'm like, go, pastor, go out, sit down. I'm going home. I'm too tired with this. They could have easily said that. But what happened? They said, but because you have said so, I will do it. Right? First of all, you have to understand, even if you don't know him in depth, because at this point, Peter doesn't know him, does he? They haven't become his disciples yet. Right? They respected him enough because he gave the word of God, right? They heard him teaching the word of God. That's the first thing. Because they heard him teaching the word of God, they respected him enough to obey him. And they said, because you have said so, we will do it. And to their own shock, <laughs> they were surprised with what they caught. And that's why Peter bowed down and said, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. In case you are an angel or something. <laughs> well, you strike me for my sins. Right? So the thing is, first, you got to hear his word. Then you got to obey. Obeying faith. Right? So what do we learn about Jesus in here? First, he came to teach the word of God. I said initially that he came to give us the power that sin should no longer have dominion over us. How, how does sin no longer have power? When you are able to obey, what happens? Sin is no longer has dominion over you because you now have the ability to obey. Because he he is your teacher, he teaches you, right? When he teaches you, when you know, you know what to do. It's like when I tell a child that don't put your finger in that fire. Captain, really? Don't put my finger in that fire, right? I tell All right, so let's, uh, where were we? We were talking about, what was I saying just now? You were giving an example, you tell a child. Yeah, you tell a child, don't put your hand in that fire. Uh, they don't listen to you the first time. They hold their hand and they see that it's painful, right? But you as the parent, you abandon the child, no. You keep warning the child. The next time the child tries to put their hand in something else that you warn them, they remember, Oh, my mom told me not to put my hand in fire. The fire was painful. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to listen to my mom. But the truth is, as you grow older, as you mature, as you mature in real life, you learn to be obedient to your parents. It's not, as a, as a kid, you might test, how far can I push this and get away with it, right? But as you grow older, as you mature, um, uh, you, you, you listen to your parents, whatever they tell you to do, right? Uh, well, obviously, listen to your parents as long as it's not about, you know, uh, going against God's word. <laughs> it's, still it's the first command. But what, what does Jesus say? He who loves parents more than me is not worthy of my, being my disciple. So you have to make sure that you're not choosing your parents over your over God, over the Lord, right? Uh, but the point, the whole point is that when you, as you mature in your faith, you understand that you have to obey his commands, right? As a child, it's easy for you to be disobedient. But as you grow in your faith, growing in your faith comes from feeding on the word, right? Listening to his word, knowing his word. And as you grow in your faith, you become mature in the word. And you, you, you break the chains off of you. The yoke of sin no longer has dominion over you. All right, let's read one more uh, passage before we kind of end because it's past 10 already. Uh, Matthew 13. Ooh. 
13, 1. <laughs> it's a long one, right? Yeah. Okay, let me read it real quick. I'll be... I'll be it. Select someone, right? Yeah. Do you know the key point you want to read? Matthew 13. Uh-huh. It's the parable. It's the whole parable. The parable of planting seeds. The soil went to sow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Matthew 13, uh, from verse 1. The saying that Jesus set out in the, of the house and sat by the seaside again by the sea and great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and then he sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore and he spake many things unto them in parables saying behold a soul went forth to sow and when he sowed some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth and when the sun was uh, when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no roots, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruits, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. He who had ears to hear, let him hear. Okay, we, we can actually stop that. Have you guys read the explanation that he gives his disciples regarding this parable? To the explanation, okay. I will go ahead to the explanation. Uh, well, let me just really say. So the disciples came to him and said, Why are you always speaking to them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. This is one of the things that we said, Why you have to make Jesus your rabbi, your teacher. You have to be his disciples. Because what? To you, you will know the mysteries of the kingdom. He will teach you the mysteries of the kingdom. To those who are outside his discipleship, they don't know the mysteries of the kingdom. That's why you cannot be a Sunday Christian, right? Uh, someone that comes to church just for the sake of coming to church. Or someone who barely studies the word. Someone who's not a disciple, right? That's why you cannot be that. Because the disciple knows the mysteries of the kingdom, right? For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more in abundance. But whoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that which he hath. Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because they see and see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and by seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and I should heal them, right? But bless are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Hallelujah. So the one thing you want to always have is eyes to see him, and ears to hear his word. That's what I pray for every day. Give me eyes to see you, Lord. Give me ears to hear you at all times, all right? Okay, so let's really go to where he, he, he explains to them. Um... Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When one heareth the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then comes the wicked one. And he catcheth away that which was sown in their hearts. This is he which receives the seed by the wayside. Right? But he that receives the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word and anon with, and, and with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not roots in himself, 
but endure it for a while for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word by and by he is offended he also that receives a seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches they choke the word and he becomes unfruitful but he that receives the seed into the good ground is he that hears the word understands it which also bear fruit and bring it forth some and hundredfold some sixty and some thirty so his his desire is for us to bear fruit for us to produce fruits as disciples and that's why his word says that if you obey my word right um, you will bear much fruit I have come that you may bear much fruit and that your fruit should remain right is that does that parable make sense yes who has questions about that okay all right so what do we what do we in, just to summarize so we can give over the mic to the sister i said let's start uh what do we feel like we've, we've learned today in terms of knowing him through his words and through his works because you have to remember that he's not just coming as a teacher he comes as a teacher to teach those who truly desire to be his students right and that's why he will not just teach you that black is black is black white is white he will make you think deep about what you are choosing to follow because you have to be willing to follow him all the way you have to be willing to put him first in everything right and that's why he teaches them in parables parables that are not easily discerned until you actually sit down and think through the subject all right <clears throat> he's not expecting everybody to follow him he's expecting every knee to bow before him but he's not expecting everybody to follow him all right we'll quickly give uh the mic to precious Thank you, guys. Let's go ahead and say a closing out prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray that your word will be in our fruits in our hearts. I pray, oh God, that you indeed will give us eyes to see you, that you will give us ears to hear you at all times, oh God, to know that you are gracious, that you are faithful, that you are righteous. You are holy, and the, the very word holy means a lot. It carries a lot of weight. You, O oh Lord, we sanctify you and we say, you're worthy of all glory. Teach us to be true disciples. Teach us to be obedient to you in every moment and every hour. Let our lives be a living vessel of praise unto you, God. We thank you for this hour. We lift the rest of the service unto you. We praise you. We worship you. And we thank you for this, for your faithfulness and your grace with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>